This podcast is brought to you by Melton Truck Lines. We want you to be a part of our winning team. At Melton, we are now hiring professional drivers with the Class A CDL. Over the last 50 years, Melton has been successful in recruiting and retaining some of the finest flatbed drivers in North America. Our company appeals to company drivers who are looking for a challenge with fewer hassles. Our drivers realize the advantages to driving a flatbed. No grocery warehouse deliveries, no lumpers or long waits, no freight loading or unloading, minimal docking, better trailer visibility, and a variety of loads. We are committed to ensuring our drivers are rewarded for their hard work through base pay that is consistently in the top 5% in the industry. We offer TARP pay, great benefits, as well as bonus and recognition programs. Best of all, our drivers and contractors are moving 12 months out of the year because we transport a variety of commodities within driver-friendly shipping lanes. Call 866-715-8563 and speak with a recruiter. That's 866-715-8563. Your new home on the road is waiting for you at Melton Truck Lines. Hello, and welcome to the first edition of the Melton Truck Lines True Blue Podcast. With this podcast, we're going to be hopefully giving some insight into the culture of Melton Truck Lines, uh, maybe a peek behind the curtain as to what goes on in the office and what goes on out over the road. We'll be dispensing some safety advice, and we'll be talking to drivers, driver managers. We might even talk to some people in accounting. If there's somebody at Melton Truck Lines that has an interesting story to tell, chances are we're going to cover it. In this first episode, we're talking to Alton Jackson. Alton has over 20 years with Melton Truck Lines and over 2 million miles. And we're getting into that time of year where we're about to see some challenging driving due to the winter months. And I thought Alton has seen many winters behind the wheel of a big truck. And he has some valuable insights for new drivers and how to handle their first winters. He also happens to be a really great guy who never misses an opportunity to help other drivers. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Alton Jackson. I have before me the one, the only, Mr... Alton Jackson, two million miles. Yes. How close are you to three? Uh, about two hundred fifty, maybe three hundred thousand. Really, just yes. another. So you're three quarters of the way to that's the, correct. When, when did you get to Melton? Uh, nineteen ninety two, December of nineteen ninety two. Does that does that put you here before Bob? <laughs> uh, not quite before Bob, but pretty close. Pretty close. Yes. You and you and you and the president showed up at this pretty much about the same time. Exactly. That's pretty cool. You've been through quite a few winners now. You got mm-hmm. a few winners under your belt. Yes, we got a lot of new drivers that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys that are that are new to the industry. Mm-hmm. The types of drivers we're seeing have changed quite a bit. Yes. So, what would you tell them? What wisdom do you have for them as they're coming into their their first winters? And some of them have never even seen a winter in a car. Um, words of advice are simply slow down. One I used in particular um, when I first started driving during the wintertime was uh, a senior driver told me very simply, said, if you can't get out of the truck and stand up, it's probably not safe to go. <laughs> <laughs> it was real simple, very uh, to the point. Uh, right. But the main thing is, is um, in wintertime driving, you take your time. You don't travel in packs. When I say packs, meaning groups of cars and trucks, you don't don't do that. You, you you tend to get your space and just really stay to yourself. Uh, drive as far ahead of your vehicle as you can see, meaning that the more distance you have between you and the vehicle in front of you and beyond, 
you have just that much more time to react, meaning that you're looking at not only the vehicle in front of you, but or beside you, but you're looking beyond them also, because you may see something that they haven't seen yet. So you can react before they may even see anything. Also, you're taking care of the vehicles that are behind you too, because sometimes people just drive along there in the wintertime and they're looking at your taillights. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. They don't adjust they whatsoever. They don't adjust whatsoever. They're following yeah. you. Yeah, but you, as a professional, you adjust, make exactly. the adjustments that you need to do. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, What's the worst winter you ever went through? I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I remember one winter. Um, it was so bad that year. I think it was like nineteen eighty nine, somewhere along in there. It was so bad that it snowed down as far as Alabama below. Yeah, below yeah. Um, Birmingham. And um, we were actually snowed into a truck stop down there, an old truck stop for America, which is TA now. We were mm-hmm. actually snowed into a truck stop down there. It was just that bad that year. Super cold, ice, snow everywhere that year. But it was it was pretty brutal that year. That was a that was a year that you know I really started really understanding uh, you know how to uh, drive in the wintertime. And the camaraderie with drivers, I'll say that too because. I remember very distinctly that day we were all sitting in the truck stop there and uh, we couldn't go anywhere and the uh, waitresses in the restaurant, they were all backed up with orders and drivers were up, uh, you know, serving coffee to one another. We were helping out there in the restaurant. We were all there together just having a good time. So, yeah, that was, that was a pretty tough year, but it was an enjoyable year. With those, are the, those are the things you remember. You get something out of it. Exactly. Made a lot of friends that day. That makes, uh, do you still talk to some of them? Yes, um, I still start to see some of those guys, uh, you know, but um, at that time I was a pretty young guy and uh, a lot of guys were older guys, so they're all, you know, pretty much out of the industry now. But uh, okay. you know, every so often I still run across one or two that I see from here from time to time. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good to see. That's got to be special. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember that one, um, uh, actually he was a Melton ambassador at that time. He, uh, at that time, was well over into his 60s, and um, that year, I had a chance to really be with him for a couple of weeks, uh-huh. and I still remember some advice he gave me in, in, in the wintertime. And you're, you're brand, pretty I'm much brand, brand new. new at this yeah. time. Uh-huh. I'm brand, brand new. We were going, doing a lot of freight between northern Illinois and the south, meaning south Texas, uh, Alabama, what have you, but it was uh, real icy that year, and um, I always had the question, how do you know that it's freezing outside? If we're in a warm cabin, I always had that mm-hmm. question, how do you know it's freezing outside? He just gave me a simple piece of advice and was, we were driving cab overs and he said, roll your window down and feel the back of your mirror. It was that simple. Huh. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize, you know, just being a young driver, but just little things like that. He told me that two weeks that I was with him, uh-huh. gave me a lot of tips for driving during the wintertime. Really? Spray off the wheels and things like that, yes. So just, so just reach out and... Mm-hmm. Feel the back of your mirror, mm-hmm. and if you feel ice, or exactly, then, uh-huh. then you, you know, know it's freezing. freezing. Uh-huh. Yeah, just a simple piece of advice, and um, huh. and if it's then you guess if it's freezing on your mirror, it's freezing on the road too. Yes, because uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. you do have moisture in the air. Yeah. You brought up a good point earlier that I'm not sure it's something that we probably want to get out there is about drivers making the decision as to whether or not to drive. Yes. Have you ever had a situation where you weren't sure about it or or you felt like sometimes maybe there was a time that you you went probably went a little further than you should have? Personally, I've never had that that uh doubt about how far I could go because you know I've always planned ahead of my trip. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be a severe weather maker coming toward me or I'm going toward it, 
I've generally made my decision as to what I was going to do routing wise, whether I was going to go directly through it or go around it or wait it out or whatever. Uh, I, I try not to get myself in a position where I'm doubting what I've done. Planning ahead. Yes. Yeah. Um, wintertime, one of my things is um, if I know that I'm going to the Rockies or going to an area that's snow prone or ice prone, I'm looking at the vehicles coming from the area that's go that are coming from where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the telltale signs of wintertime. Is there salt on the side of the truck? Is there that brown streak that you see down the side of trucks? So I'm looking for stuff like that. Is there ice hanging on them? You know, what's yeah. the severity of the ice hanging on them? I'm looking at those types of things. Wow, that's good stuff. So I'm already, you know, looking like, wow, you know, is it that bad over there? Right. So I'm looking for things like that. Not to mention, I'm also looking at the sky, too. Once you got those clues, mm -hmm. then you can I'm start planning ahead and yes. start in this day and age. You go go a ways back and you had to stop and make a phone call. And now these days mm -hmm. you can, you know, just pull over to a safe parking spot and, and check your phone and it'll give you a radar yes. of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And back then too, we talked to drivers also too. We could uh, get good weather information. It was almost like talking to the weatherman at that time. Mm -hmm. We could get good weather information about what was taking place on Donner Pass or Vail Pass, we could literally get good weather information from drivers themselves. Wow, just on yeah, the, the just CB? Just on the CB, huh? Just yeah. on the CB. So, you know, and just in truck stops, too, uh, the cashiers were generally, they were knowledgeable about what was going on in different areas. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of times their husbands or boyfriends were truck drivers themselves, and they've already talked to them. Yeah. And so they knew what they were going through. So when you call up and tell your driver manager and say, hey, I, we can't keep going forward, mm -hmm. then they just take you at your word. Yes. Yes. Never have a problem with them saying where you should go on. Never, never have a problem with that. When it comes to the safety of the truck, you know, it starts with me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm unsafe or if I feel like it's unsafe to be out there, then chances are it's probably as unsafe and someone else is probably out there thinking the same thing I'm thinking. So mm. it, it doesn't hurt a thing in the world to just stay parked. And wait things out. It never hurts. Uh, and you have your own level of skill that you have to deal with also. Mm -hmm. When it comes to being in ice, snow, you, you have to deal with your own skill level, your own comfort level. So you just kind of do a, a personal evaluation. Mm -hmm. And I know you talk to a lot of new drivers just out over the road, mm -hmm. the ones that you come across being one of our, our safety trainers. Mm -hmm. So you're out there dispensing all that advice based on the experience level. How do you evaluate yourself on something like that? Maybe think back to when you first started driving and, and met your first snow and ice versus now that you've you've seen that many winters. And I mean, is there a difference between the, those two times? Um, what I learned was, for instance, the first time I drove on ice, mm -hmm. I heard all the horror stories about it. Living in Texas, we experienced a lot of ice down there. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I was on the ice, it didn't scare me as so much as I was really trying to figure out what was really going on. What did it really feel like? Right. I was trying to put myself in the sense of, uh, we used to say, drive by the seat of your pants. I was trying to feel what was going on in the seat of the truck. Right. I was really trying to get my senses going around it. And once I got the feel for what the truck really felt like, what the steering felt like, what the drive tires felt like, what the trailer was doing. Right. What position I was in on the road was, you know, versus was in my right in the right lane versus being in the left lane. Was the truck sliding to the right? Was sliding to the left? Was it going forward? I was really working my senses over time trying to figure all this out. Uh -huh. And once I got the feel for what it was really like, of course, it was no wind blowing, but once I got the feel for what it really felt like, I started calming down. Okay. Because I started feeling rather than thinking, I started feeling. Yeah, a lot of really apprehension, going. but exactly. then as soon as you kind of just relaxed and, mm -hmm. and did it, and you're talking about 
driving on ice? Yes, that was total ice. Uh-huh. Wow. Total ice. Do you think we should have been out there? Um, Be honest. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know that I, I shouldn't have been out there, and I don't know that I should have been out there. Right. As that, as an over-the-road truck driver, I knew it at some point in time, I was going to experience this. Right. And... And where was this? This is in Texas. Oh, in, in Texas. Texas. Okay. Well, Texas was relatively flat. And unless mm-hmm. you're in Dallas with their flyover passes, I mean, mm-hmm. that those are crazy. I, I personally have experienced those mm-hmm. in the ice in a big truck. And mm-hmm. I don't want to do that again. But but overall, I'd say, yeah, that that's probably a good place to. Yeah, it was a good place. See. Time went on. I ventured on out into, uh, you know, I think Colorado was my first mountainous driver. And then uh, I started to take some things into consideration when I learned about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, in driving on ice, when it comes to driving on ice, well, I said like this: when it comes to driving on snowpack, everyone drives in the same trail, if you will. Right, right. I realize that that is the worst place that you can be uh-huh. because you're literally driving on glazed ice. Yeah, because the snow. Uh-huh, exactly. If, whereas if you move over a half of a tire width, if you will, or a tire width, right, you're now in what can be more traction. Because you're not in loose snow, if you will, but you're not in snowpack. Yeah, the snow, the yeah. snow definitely provides more traction exactly. than the than the glare ice. Exactly. And I think as truck drivers, we get a benefit of the the weight of the vehicle and mm-hmm. the amount of tire that we have on the road. Mm-hmm. It was my experience that when it comes to snow and ice, I'd rather be in a big truck than mm-hmm. in a little car. Because mm-hmm. uh, you see the little cars just bouncing all over the place, but but the truck mm-hmm. seemed relatively stable. The, the problem with cars is, is that uh. People overdrive them that in too. those conditions. Yep. You know, they have the, the tires and what have you to uh, be able to grip the road and ice or what have you. But still, you have to work with the equipment that you have. And you yeah. have anti-lock brakes and all this that are designed to um, prevent you from skidding in ice and snow and wet pavement or what have you. But still, it comes down to you as the driver. You well, know, I think we're even way. looking at getting systems in trucks that are uh, anti-jackknife and mm-hmm. stability control. Mm-hmm. Um and those types of systems too, mm-hmm. which will be helpful. I think we got to qualify that stuff, and and even some of the stuff we talked about is you know we we're making the adjustment. We're not getting out there in the truck and just driving it like we normally would. Mm-hmm. We're slowing it down ten, mm-hmm. twenty miles an hour, or whatever the case may be, slower than we normally yes. you know the normal highway speeds. We're just talking about you know slow, steady progress moving forward mm-hmm. in a situation that. I think um, one of the big advantages I have over um, a newer driver with the technology we have now is um, I mentioned the anti-lock brakes. Mm-hmm. Well, when I started driving, we adjusted our own brakes, and we had to literally be in touch with the truck itself. You know, we had to really feather brakes when it was icy. We didn't have any the capability of uh, a computer system telling the wheel, okay, you need to start turning a little faster, or this needs to start, stop turning so fast, slow down. We didn't have that system. It was all us. Right. So you developed a feel. Again, I'm back to the feel. Yeah. You developed a feel or a touch for what you were doing. And you you just you you learn how to how to utilize all of that, and uh, that really that still plays a big part in what I do today. I don't depend on the technology to mm-hmm. to assist me in driving conditions. I still utilize that common sense aspect of it, right? Which is a big part of it. I think you had maybe an accident or two when you first got here back uh, in '92, or or how long has it been? It's been oh yeah, it's been twenty years since you've well had an, ac- years, actually, uh, an accident. 
And that was um, a backing accident with our assistants. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't have anything to do with snow and ice. No, it doesn't. It didn't. No, so, anyway, so well, you're 20 years accident-free. Uh, yes, I think I'm at 23. Yeah, yeah. so is that, was that the 2 million, 2 million miles is accident-free? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't do that by accident. No, <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't do two million miles accident free. Exactly. By accident. Exactly. Learn over time just by observing. You know, just just thinking about what may have happened at this accident site. You know, what could have happened there, or what may have happened. I've thought about things, and um, you see things happen on the road that that really register with you. Right. That you don't really want to uh, happen to you. Right. You know, and, and you take that in, and it tends to stay with you. The particular collision I think you were think you were referring to, and I just thought about it, was um, in Las Vegas. Someone came up a ramp, and they basically drew me into what they were doing, and wasn't anything to do with me other than what they did caused the problems for three or four hours. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, that may be what you were referring to, but yeah, uh, and that that plays a part in what I do today because I realized that that particular day someone might not have gone home had I not done what I had done. Right. Yeah. It was literally as close to you and I sitting here that I could see the guy's eyes in front of me. Wow. That's how we weren't that close, but we had that eye contact like we have right tend, now. tend to remember those things. Yeah. And I still have that, yeah. that picture in my head to this day, which plays a big role in what I do, which also plays into the uh, wintertime driving. Experiences like that, you know, they stick with you. Yeah. Because uh, you never want to have that feeling again of uh, being out of control. No. Mm-hmm. And no. I, that's the big picture is being in control. My my one winter experience that I think about, I've had plenty of winter driving, but uh, the one that I think about is uh, it's coming over a pass, I want to say in Wyoming, mm-hmm. Rawlings. Coming over the top of the mountain, everything was great going up. Mm-hmm. As soon as you come over the top, I could feel it start to wiggle. All of a sudden, 80,000 pounds underneath me, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm probably two, three years into my career at that yeah. point. And but but it was black ice and Mm -hmm. I feel it start to wiggle and I was like, oh, what are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, eased off Mm -hmm. it a little bit, got it slowed down Mm -hmm. and 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 everything was fine. But just that it's so unnerving to to feel a truck do that. Uh And I never wanted to feel the truck do that Mm -hmm. again. Uh For me, um, um, overall, what it comes down to is I'm always asking myself, what if? Mm. That's good. You know. What if I break Jackson? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I accelerate? Do I brake? Do I decelerate? What do I do? You're do thinking I maintain? ahead. Exactly. And also feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, what is what is truck doing? Do I feel a little, a little wiggle there? Was that the wind? Was that a bump I hit in the road? What was that? What was that? You're uh-huh. very, very analytical. Exactly. Yeah. You have to analyze every little thing that's going on, you know. Uh, when, when you break traction... That engine makes a sound, it, it winds up in a way that you're like, that wasn't right. Right. You automatically know to get off the accelerator. It's, it's, it's just a sense that you develop. Huh. Uh, just a sense. You listen to the pitch of the engine, and it makes that little whining sound that you right. know is infamous for traction loss. Right. And, you, and then just react just, to just that. Just react to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It becomes a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And as I, I tell newer drivers, they Trucking is not uh, a job; it's a lifestyle because you live it. And right. You sit behind the steering wheel eleven day, eleven hours of the day. Right. And you you experience a lot of things most people don't, and that goes with all weather conditions: wind, rain, snow, ice. It goes with all weather conditions. Yeah. And so you you experience a lot of it. 
But the main thing is, is, is you you have to really take your time in wintertime driving and analyze everything that's going on. Just being in the parking lot, look at how deep the snow is in the parking lot. Right. Uh, is it just pushed off or is that fresh snowfall there? You know, did it snow that much when you wake up in the morning? How much snow is on the hood of your truck? Right. Uh, look at look at the freeway, you know, when you wake up in the morning out there. Are the cars and trucks moving at normal speed or are they slowing down? What's happening out there? Are there any snow plows? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What is the temperature? You know, all those things come into play. Yeah. What's the forecast? Exactly. You know, what's, what's it going to be in here mm-hmm. in a few hours? Exactly. Where am I going? Am I heading into it? worse stuff or, or where it came from or exactly. heading where, you know, following mm-hmm. it? Exactly. You mentioned Wyoming. It's, Wyoming is known for going to bed at at sundown and the sun is shining. You know, the sky is clear and you wake up the next morning, there's six inches of snow on the hood of your truck. Wow. <laughs> it's known for that. Yeah. But, again, you you you, uh, you pay attention to what's going on around you. Take your time. Yeah. And uh, don't step outside of your limitations. Right. Above all, don't step outside of your limitations. It's not a good time to, to challenge yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing in the world wrong with... We're sitting somewhere and waiting the conditions out. Yeah. That is the sign of a professional driver. And I, I use this as an analogy here is that um, when the wind is blowing so hard, mm-hmm. have you ever noticed that you never see birds fly? Birds know they can't fly in it. Right. So if it's snowing so hard, why would you be out on the highway? Right. You know, why would you be out there? So you know your limitations. Birds know their limitations, so you have to learn yours. You too. have to learn yours. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the places that get snow mm-hmm. tend to know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it's the places that don't. Like you said, you know, Birmingham got so much snow mm-hmm. uh, that year. And that happened not, I want to say back in 2010, 2011 also. Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. around 2009, uh-huh. 2010. I was trucking in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I want to say Alexandria. And the highways were closed there due to ice. I mean, you're almost in the Gulf at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. and at that point, you have to take into consideration now you're in an environment along with uh, motorists who don't deal with this stuff. You know, Absolutely. This is totally new for them. So if you're out there and you're comfortable with what you're doing, but they may be totally uncomfortable with what they're doing. So now you're in an environment now where the problem may not be you. It may be the motorist around you. Absolutely. Because uh, you may know how to react to a skid. Mm-hmm. Whereas they have no idea of how to react to the skid. And that's where you were talking about earlier, where you, you create more space around mm-hmm. the vehicle. Exactly. You try to isolate yourself. Because mm-hmm. if there's nobody around you, there's mm-hmm. nobody to hit. That's Whether right. it's your fault or theirs. That's right. It's, 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 it's so easy to screw up by yourself. But you don't want to take anyone <laughs> with you. That's, that's the way it is. You know, the wind can, can, can gust and blow you right off the road on uh-huh. ice. But... That does make the claim a lot easier, exactly. right? Our uh, uh, corporate attorney would, exactly. <laughs> would appreciate. You know, at the very least, if you're gonna if you're gonna mess up, exactly, do it by yourself. Exactly. But main thing is stay within your limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't get outside your limit. Take your time. Be slow, easy, and steady. We don't use chains. Our guidelines are that we don't chain up. If the conditions are that you need to chain up, we mm-hmm. don't chain up. Um, but in certain instances, you may be in a situation where you have to. Do you have any advice to where if you had to chain up and get 20 miles down the road to a safe place where you've got resources? Yes. In the 33 years I've been driving, I've only chained up one time. Wow. 
And uh, that was simply because uh, the, the freight that I was running, um, I had authorization to chain up, mm-hmm. to get over the mountain pass to keep going. But to uh, to chain up, again, it's just like driving without chains. Take your time. Get to a safe area. And if it's to the point where you got to run chains constantly, it's time to find a place to just take it easy and let, let things work their way out. Because right. the snow plows are working. Give them 24 hours and they'll have the highway clear. Yeah. Just give them a little bit of time. Don't crowd snow plows. He's got to plow in the front of his truck for a reason. And that's to plow snow, not to plow you. Give him all the space he needs to do what he needs to do. He's doing the job to try and make the highway safe for you. Mm-hmm. So give them all the, give them the respect they need. Not only that, I've seen that a lot of those snow plows now have actually have a little special super GPS enabled camera mm-hmm. that tells them exactly where the road is, even if that mm-hmm. road's covered in, exactly. in snow. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're good guides. Mm-hmm. They're good bloodhounds for you to let exactly. you know where the road's going, you uh-huh. know, back off about a quarter mile. and Exactly. And um, if you're in the mountains and it's snowing, um, you'll notice these real tall poles up there. Mm-hmm. They have an orange strip of uh, tape or something on top of them, something to identify them. They're real tall. Uh-huh. Um, you'll see those in the mountains, and what that is, that shows you where the edge of the road is. Oh, wow. But it's also an indication of how deep snow can get up there, too. Right. And so when you're driving around in the mountains and you see those things, stay away from them. Right. Because uh, you're getting close to the edge of the road at that point in time. And also, too, when you start seeing those, you know that you know, you're in a really snow-prone area. Right. Um, some of the taller passes are are known for having those things up there. Mm-hmm. But they're a good indication of, you know, just like the reflectors on the side of the road is where the edge of the road is, but they're closer to the edge of the road. Do you find that a lot of the passes, the donners and that guys talk about that while they probably demand respect and at a certain point in history, they probably were pretty hazardous, but nowadays they're, I don't know if I want to say tamer, but uh, not as treacherous as, as guys make them out to be? Yes, they're a lot, they're a lot easier to navigate now because some of those legends that I heard about when I was a kid and, and started out in my career with the equipment I started out driving, yes, things like that were possible, very possible. Yeah. The equipment now is so advanced that you don't take it for granted. You let it assist you, let it assist you and you use it to your advantage. But those, those passes are a lot tamer now because of the technology that we have. Um, you, it's literally possible just go down a mountain and never downshift now. Wow. Yeah, but given ice, icy conditions, it's not advisable. No, no, not no. advisable. Yeah, definitely stay <laughs> away. Advisable. Stay away in the uh-huh. snow and ice. But but yeah, uh, the passes are you know they demand respect. They do demand respect, but they're very manageable. They're very manageable. Again, stay to yourself. I asked you that for our newer yeah. guys. I uh-huh. think stay I to think yourself. Don't get in the habit of going down a mountain pass on a patch of ice. Right behind another truck. Mm-mm. Give him all the distance he needs. Because, again, if you're in a 6% grade and you're going down and he has a stop and you're so close to him, what are you going to do? You're going you're right going, into the yeah, back of him. Yeah, because if you mash your anti-lock brakes, your anti-lock brakes are going to sense that slipping. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to react to it. So they're going to keep the wheel turning. So you still need to use your common sense yeah. to be able to brake, which means that you have to. Maintain your distance or increase your distance. I don't think there's ever a ever a scenario, even without the snow and ice, that that our guys should be mm-hmm. right behind another exactly. another truck. You always want to keep that following distance. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest space to manage. Mm-hmm. Sure is. 
Um, it's so easy to manage that space in front of you. Someone gets in between you and the vehicle in front of you, slow down just a little bit more and mm -hmm. uh, develop that space again. It's tough in the mountains, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. And when you're going down through the mountains, uh, if you have to go down in first gear, go down in first gear. First gear is going to keep you going slow enough. You're not going to have to worry a whole lot about braking traction. Utilize your equipment properly. What's your best, best trucking story? <laughs> Doesn't even have to be true. Oh, boy. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I talked to a guy. I was actually his father's trainer some 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, he now works here at Melton. And uh, his father relayed um, one of the stories to him that um, I can't say happened to us, but we actually did it. <laughs> And uh, I was talking to him about I wanted to barbecue that weekend. Mm -hmm. I guess I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I am. And I went to barbecue this weekend, and uh, and we were going to my house after we unloaded. And so I said, you know, I like really like corn. Mm -hmm. I like corn on the grill. I like to put it in foil and put butter and all my seasoning and everything in there, and I put it on the grill and let it cook like that. I said, boy, and I sure love sweet corn, you know, fresh corn right out of the field. Right. And we just happened to be in an area of the country where there was just all the corn we could just <laughs> imagine. And uh, I said, boy, I remember when my grandparents used to take me into the field and we just get a big sack of corn and go back and we just have corn for days. And the idea came to us, let's go out there in that field and get some corn. <laughs> So, so you, of course, you pulled over into a very safe spot. Yes, we did. Yes. We did. Uh, pulled over to a very safe spot, and mm -hmm. uh, we got all the corn we could carry. <laughs> I think there isn't, isn't there some kind of law that, like, the first five rows next to the road are supposed to be for, for everybody or something? Uh, I'm not sure about that one. I, I was know. just nervous about the farmer coming out and um, uh, taking a shot at us or something. Well, being yeah. in this cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the stories, you know. I can't even think of all the you know the stories I've been told or things that I've done over the years or just having fun as a truck driver with some of my friends out on the road. Right. Because those friendships you develop out there on the road, they're they're friendships that last for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um the gentleman I was telling you about earlier that told me about feeling the back of my mirror, uh, he's probably ninety seven, ninety eight years old now. Wow. And uh he was here at uh, one of our uh, banquets here several years ago and he still remembers some of the things that he told me. And uh, that's a friendship there that'll last for a lifetime, not to mention uh, another guy that retired from here uh, several years ago. Um, he and I, we still keep in touch. Right. We still keep in touch. And uh, I can't count the number of people I've met. And, you know, we've had just great times over the years. And also, too, they were mentors of mine. Right. They were mentors of mine. I wouldn't be sitting here today if I hadn't met these guys and they relayed some of their information on to me. People that came before, yeah. came before you. Exactly. Yeah. Took me under their wing and um, you know, guided me in the right direction. Ah, now you're you're passing that knowledge on to the mm -hmm. to our group. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's 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 really enlightening when uh you know in the case of Jim, I was telling you I was his father's trainer. Uh huh. You know when someone like that comes to you and say you know you trained my father, and I'm thinking wow I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and then for his father to relay positive information on to him as to what I taught him, mm -hmm. you know, that really says that I have made an impact on someone. Yeah. If Even if it's just that one person that says I've done my job well. Yeah. Because his father still remembers some 20 years later that, you know, 
some of the things I told him, as in the case with the guys that I came through, you know, I'm relaying the information that they gave me. Mm -hmm. And so we have to do that. Yeah. We really have to do that because we're all in this together. We all uh, face the challenges of safety and that go along with the, uh, the industry itself. Right. It's, it's constantly evolving. Flatbed's a different Flatbed breed. Flatbed's a whole different world. Yeah. When I say a different world, I mean a different world. It's a world that requires you to uh, literally be on top of your game. Mm -hmm. it, it requires you to think. It requires you to react. You have to really be ahead of everything in flatbedding. Right. You know, flatbedding, you're dealing with physics. You know, it's a demanding type of work, and it'll it'll make you or break you. And above all, don't get on top of a load and fall off. Please. Don't <laughs> no, do don't. That. Definitely don't. Please don't do that. Especially in the snow and ice. Exactly. That's something we didn't talk about. Exactly. We about is, is working the loads mm -hmm. in the snow and ice. We got that. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. that ice will add weight to your trailer. Yes. And not to mention, too, you pick up a preloaded trailer, mm -hmm. and um, it's rained that night before, sleet or whatever, mm -hmm. and you pick that load up, and it's been sitting outside. It's probably got ice on it. Right. If you have to get up on top of it to inspect it, be careful. You better be laying down on your stomach. <laughs> if not on the ground. Right. Uh -huh. uh, even when you're, and I've experienced this many times, uh, you pick up a load and mm -hmm. the load itself is dry. Right. Uh, but you're in an extreme northern climate. The sun has gone down mm -hmm. and you still have to tarp. Well, you spread your tarps out, but you've got moisture in the air that's now frozen. And then moisture falls on your tarps, and you're on top of those tarps. So you have to be careful because now you're walking on ice. So be careful. You know, uh, it's, it's more than just driving on ice. Uh, flat bedding, you know, you're out there on top of loads when it's raining. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, you know, it's freezing. Yeah. You have to be careful. So, and be prepared for it. Just standing on the deck of the trailer. You've been in a truck stop all night, and um, it snowed or even rained. Mm -hmm. and it's gotten cold enough, you've got ice on the deck of your trailer, stepping out of the cab of your truck. Right. You know, you've got ice on your steps. Use your grab handles. Don't Three jump. points of contact. Exactly. <laughs> Don't jump off of the trailer when it's icy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a hard fall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, take care of your tarps. Yep. Take care of your tarps. Keep them in good repair uh, because they get holes in them that you may not see, but, you know, when you put it off a load, look, tarps. Because uh, wintertime, you'll find out if you have any, any holes in your tarps. When the ice starts melting, yeah. you'll find out because it just seeps right through. Straps, keep those in good repair and um, because your winches will get uh, ice in them. Right. Yeah, they will get the ice in them. So, you know, just be prepared. Oh, frozen winches. I don't mm -hmm. miss those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and dress warmly. Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that you have adequate clothing, shoes. Mm -hmm. um, be prepared for breakdowns in the wintertime. Or places like Wyoming, New Nebraska, they're known to close the highways during the wintertime right. so that they can clear the snow off of them. Be prepared to sit on the side of the road for 8, 10, 12 hours. Food, some, water. Exactly, you have food and water. In provisions. The have yourself an emergency kit. High-protein foods. Have those That's in good. the truck. Water. Have that at all times. Mm -hmm. Just be prepared. Don't take for granted because you've gone through here many times before that the highway won't close. Or the highway may not even have to close. It may just simply be a collision that's got the highway blocked, and you don't know anything about it. And not, a lot of times nowadays, we don't find out anything about it till we get right there because there's no information being conveyed. Right. Uh, be prepared for that. You may be sitting there and, and you know, not be able to have any food and water. So you mm -hmm. have to have those type of things in your, in your vehicle to be prepared for. you got to be self-sufficient. Exactly. 
because you may have it and the guy in the truck next to you or car, they may mm-hmm. not have anything. You know, you may be in that position where, you know, you have to take care of some people. Things do happen on the road. I always kept three days and I figured I could always turn three into six if I needed mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. But in the wintertime, my main point is through all of this conversation is that we have to be careful. Increase your following distance. Take your time. Use your senses. Mm-hmm. Use your senses to what's going on around you. Just be extremely careful. I can't put that in a more stressful way to just be careful. Slow down. <laughs> just really slow down. Increase your following distances. There's always going to be one that's going to want to be in front of you. Let them go in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully you don't see them. A little bit later in, off in, on in the a ditch. compromised position when you right. see them later on. Hopefully yeah. You never see them like that. I, I remember once, and I, I'll tell you the story. I remember once I was in Colorado, mm-hmm. and um, this is when we used to drive a lot of back roads in Colorado. And there was myself and a van on the back road there, and it was daylight. And this van passed me at a high rate of speed. We were already on snowpack. No big deal. You know, mm-hmm. There's just two of us out there. But that van went out of sight. And probably 15 minutes later, I ran across that van again, and that van had gone down the embankment. Oh, wow. And I was the only person out there. Luckily, the person in the van was okay. So you, you actually stopped? And yeah, I actually stopped. And had to and climb down there? Him. Exactly. And help them get out and of get there. get to him? Uh-huh. Wow. And got him pulled out of, out of the ditch there. And uh, I never forget it. The lady told me her name. And from that point on, she stayed behind me until we got to the next town, which by then was the, uh, sundown. Mm-hmm. And she actually stayed in that little truck stop we were at there that night. She was thankful that I was there that day. Wow. Yeah, because she was in a position where it wouldn't have been a nice night for her. No, it's lucky that you you were both there and that you mm-hmm. were you were paying attention. Mm-hmm. I, I, I never forget that day, though. I, I remember it because uh, she was, and you could just see where she just went right down the embankment. And mm-hmm. we did, I did get her pulled out of there, and uh, she stayed behind me. And that, that, was, that really struck me that day that she stayed behind me there because she realized that Maybe I was going a little too fast. Yeah. And she lived in Colorado. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. She lived in Colorado. but Overconfidence. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That can happen. Exactly. You think, oh, I'm from Minnesota. I know how to mm-hmm. I know how to handle this. And then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Minnesota, Wisconsin, wherever. Uh, yeah. Uh, last time I checked, they, they have collisions on ice up there, too. <laughs> yes, they do. Quite a few. Uh-huh. But just, just be careful on ice. Just really be careful. Snow the same way. Respect it. Keep up with your other reports. Talk to other drivers. Mm-hmm. Look at the equipment when you're going down the road there. You know, you know that there's a potential of a storm coming toward you. Look at the equipment that's coming toward you and mm-hmm. just see, you know, is there a lot of ice hanging off of it? Is there a lot of snow on it? Look for that telltale sign on the van trailers, you know, that brown streak going down the side of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that says they've been in an area where the pavement was still wet, but they started putting road treatment down. Right. That's that brown streak down the side. That tells you that they started treating the roads, whether it's white or brown. Um, you see the heavy ice hanging on the dollies. That mm-hmm. tells you right there that there's some snowpack over there, but the snow is still light, or loose, rather. And it's being thrown back up to the dollies, so it's creating that little fin, if you will, on the dollies. Mm. Uh, you know, you, and start looking, just look for ice on the side of the roads that may be shaking off the trucks and cars that are going by. Just look for things that give you an indication that you're going to an area where there's probably a lot of snow. Uh, Great Lakes region, you know, is, is known for it. So you got to really pay attention. Mm-hmm. You slow down. Mm-hmm. You got to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, use your feelers, if you will. Yeah. Use your and feelers. And really use really your senses. Get, use get in touch with your with your vehicle and maintenance on your vehicle. That's a good one. Maintenance. You don't want to be out there and you have a heater problem. 
we run APUs on a lot of our trucks. Mm-hmm. If your APU is giving you trouble right now and it's still warm, get it repaired. If your heater, your S-bar heater is smoking right now mm-hmm. and it takes two or three, four times for it to really start running, get it repaired. It's time for it to be serviced because it is not fun being in a cold truck. No. Yes, the 10 degrees and you wake up in the middle of the night and the heater's not working, that is not fun. That's not a good time. Exactly. But maintain your vehicle. You know, it'll take care of you. You know, that's your home out on the road. Mm-hmm. Maintain your heater in there and your air conditioning system for you defrost because you will need them. And wintertime fuel, treat your fuel. Don't wait till you get into that cold area to treat your fuel. Treat it before you get there. Right. Uh, use your anti-gel. I recommend one bottle in each tank if you're using the uh, small black bottles that we have, the uh, Fleet Guard, I think it's called. If you're using a power service, I put half in each tank. And, of course, there are other additives out there you can do the same thing with. So Once you freeze up, you're frozen (laughs) until they send a tow truck to you to get you. It's not fun. No, you're not coming back from that. That's right. I think we got some pretty good stuff here. Appreciate your time. You're more than welcome. Good advice. Good advice for the guys. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Alton. I know I enjoyed recording it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to our website at meltontruck.com and leave us a comment. Or if you have any tips of your own on how to handle the challenges of winter driving, you can also leave those in the comment section. Thank you very much for listening. This is Pax Rolf with the Melton Safety Department, signing off.